everybody, and welcome to another very special edition, sometimes episode of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, you are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, and we are delighted to be with you. Absolutely. So it is, uh, I don't know if you call it midsummer, because really summer was June 21st, so really it's a few weeks into summer. But gosh, like the activity is nonstop. Can I tell a fun fact? Of course you can. Do you know every date this week? Like you and me, date? Not that kind of date, numeral dates. Like today is gotcha. 7, 11, 17. But every date this week reads the same forward and backward. Okay. Wow. So how about that? Wow. For in- interesting trivia on Catholic Radio. Very nice. Because the Lord is awesome and cool Absolutely. And does fun things like that. So a lot of activity going on in the Schleter family. Um, we just picked up our two of our teenagers from Catholic Youth Summer Camp last week. And uh, last Tuesday you heard a, a little bit of a presentation from a number of those young people down there, the testimonials, which is actually a year old, but it was so powerful. And uh, we wanted to kind of gauge... A year down the road, and uh, we were there, uh, at least my, my kids were there, and Joseph is a, is a counselor there, as well as Sarah Noltner, another local uh, leader here in this area, uh, also involved with this program. You've heard us talk about it again and again, LIT, LIT Group, LIT Groups, what does that stand for? Live It or Live Image Trinity. Um, these young people on almost a weekly basis have been going now for uh, over a year, almost two years, I think November, coming up on two years, um, and what a great context, 30, 40, 50, 50 kids even gathering to talk and pray and go deep in their faith. And uh, what's most uh, moving to me, and we're going to tie this in to the gospel this Sunday, sower, seed, and soil. It's the parable of sower and seed, but it really is about the soil because the sower and the seed are constant. They're always potent. It's about the soil, which is our decision. Anyways, Lit Group is a context and reveals that kids want want it real. They deal with edgy stuff. They deal with the truth. They don't want to be snowed. They don't want to be softballed. Um, they want to know the truth and know that we're on a journey. We're all flawed. We all need that. That context of grace, without which the church is not necessary. If we don't know that we're sinners, if we're not attuned to our struggles and our challenges, if we're not dealing with them and addressing them, what is the whole point of Christ's presence in the church and saving us? So anyways, these are great contexts to do that, given the, the fruit of our church. So youth young group has been doing that, and uh, Stephanie and I are very blessed with uh, lit groups that we uh, are part of with a number of parishes, with pastors who have a commitment to seeing it overflow beyond the group of 12 or 13 in a committed way to the entire parish. And if you go to our website, massimpact.us, what's this all about in one phrase? Not another program, a way of life. And therein is the biggest chasm from program think to way of life. We like our programs. They affect us. They move us. Certainly, we can't judge. The Holy Spirit's moved powerfully with all of us through programs. But the real challenge, and again, back to the soil, is that we cultivate those seeds and it becomes truly a way of looking at the world, a way of life. So before we go further, my wife is going to read a a paragraph from a book that I picked up a couple weeks ago that she gave me as a gift, Father Paul Scalia's new book. I missed him in seminary by about a year when I was at Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, but of course the son of the Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia and a very gifted writer, a very gifted spiritual leader, uh, his book, That Nothing Should Be Lost. Nothing may be lost. That nothing may be lost. She's going to read a paragraph in just a second to set us up tonight, and we do invite you to call in. 
How are you being blessed? We invite you to give testimony. We want this to be an occasion of you giving testimony to what God's doing in your life. Bring it on, people. Give witness. Revelations yes. 12, 1 and 2. The enemy is active, and we defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and, and the word of your testimony. So, August 12th. Steph, what is going on August 12th? Well, it's funny you should ask because you invited our listeners to check out MassImpact.us. And if they do that or have done that, they will see flying across the screen in the opening banner. Beautiful banner. Beautiful banner. Bruce Banner. That will tell us exactly what's going on August 12th, but I'll give you a hint. Thank you. Family Emmaus. Ooh. Family Emmaus. Sounds like fun. Tell me about it. It is not only fun. It is way fun and way cool and everything in between. And deep and meaningful. So What's going to happen? What does this look like? Some of you listeners may be more familiar with the title Catholic Family Festival, which we decided to rename it this year um, just because we wanted to go a little bit deeper, more of a retreat experience and festival. Not that it's not a lot of fun, but has more of a come and go feel where we're really inviting people to come and spend the entire day with us to really journey journey together. Emmaus, get it? Yes. Okay. So family Emmaus. So there's going to be a lot of music, fun little games going on, et cetera. But the the main movement of the day are going to, we're going to dive deeper, more deeply, excuse me, it's summer, the grammar teacher's on vacation, more deeply (laughs) into the mass. And we are so blessed to have a number of area pastors who have um, journeyed with us to make this day happen. And they're so excited and we thank them for their time and their efforts and all that they're doing. Um, I have to, I have to name them. I don't have it in front of me, but we've been praying for them and we're blessed. Each one is taking a part of the mass in no more than 10 minutes. They're going to hit the main point and they're going to answer the question. Question in that part of the Mass, what's it got to do with me? Why is this important? Why should it matter? Now, parents, grandparents, which of us don't ask those questions? But all the more for our disinterested kids or friends or neighbors who don't go to Mass, really isn't that the big question? In these parts of the Mass, what's it got to do to me, with me? Why does it matter? And we're going to discover why it really matters, but each of these priests will take a component. So Monsignor Billion, Father Macbeth, Father Danderan, uh, Father Kidd, Father Adam Hertzfeld. Father Adam, Her- Adam. Adam Hertzfeld <laughs> uh, and Father Tony Recker. Very blessed to have this awesome group of pastors yes. and priests joining us and to thematize this with great uh, space, if you will, um, for those presentations and activity and breakout. It will it will be a, for those of you with ADHD or think you have it or whatever, it's going to be pu- uh, perfectly accommodated to you. And uh, bring your kids. Yes, young and old, entire families. We even have uh, in the breakout groups, uh, we call them endless sages. We encourage those of you who are empty nesters without children under the roof or single folks, there's a special breakout for you because we value you Mm -hmm. that much. We want to create a context which often you're often overlooked. A context where you can have that support and encouragement with others like you and recognize the value you are to us. So the main session is going to take place underneath, uh, we pray for good weather, please Lord, but um, a big tent and if you've ever, the location is Holy Trinity Parish out in Assumption, Ohio. And big assumption. Big assumption, actually I'm telling beautiful you. Beautiful assumption. Yeah, it's beautiful assumption. August 15th, how appropriate. Well, it's August 12th. Well, I know. I know. That's why. Okay. So we digress. The big assumption. So if you are not familiar with the beautiful uh, parish of people, it also has beautiful grounds. And so as the main speakers are going on and the interactives there and the activities, 
there's space for younger ones too to you know run about if you will if enclosed need be enclosed in a fence so they don't right get it's hit enclosed by a right so it, it's very very family friendly and we have a great team who's really working and praying to uh, for it to just be a grace filled day so you know the name of our organization is Mass Impact and if you've never put that together before it's all about really living the impact of the Mass mm-hmm. and so for the masses for the masses the whole world yes so just really wanting to focus on the Mass it seemed to have come up more and more over this past year as people just really um, yearning and inquiring to to go deeper about the Mass and what does this mean and how is this and I hate to use the word relevant because I think it's a cop out so often but how does it's it a good word though if it's used properly right or we're um, using it properly okay in the proper context you know how is this all relevant to me in living my everyday ordinary life and how is it drawing me closer um, in relationship to Christ as a family as a single as a fill in the blank um, so we're just very blessed and very excited um, you know meal the supper will be provided as part of the day and um, Greg mentioned the super sessions, the breakout sessions for the different age groups, and it will all culminate with an outdoor ignite that evening. So I believe we're trying to, we're starting a little earlier and shortening some things so that Actually, we can... Actually, not starting earlier, same time, but we're cutting it shorter so to ending keep it a tighter. Or exactly. earlier, and there'll be confessions yeah. available, uh, but just very, very powerful. Lobster and prime rib. Um, and the best part of it, other donate. than the wonderful priests and you getting to meet Dominic Schleter, you have to watch the video from this week. You mean to, listen to Or listen to the new commercial um, and watch the video. Sure. Um, uh, the registration. Yes. Are you ready? I am. Are you ready? I'm massimpact.us forward slash Emmaus. How much does it cost? I mean, that sounds like a lot. I mean, you have food, you have supper, you've got a tent, which costs a lot of money, and uh, all of the things going on there that are being provided. That's got to be a lot of money. The event. Are you ready? I am. Is free. Bated breath. Really? Yes. So don't let that um, be a hindrance if you were wondering how much it would be, or even in the past, um, what it was you know, charged or whatever, but we have been blessed with benefaction and are uh, really just wanting to get it out there and invite as many people as possible to experience this. Certainly, as you see, when you do register, we are happy to take any donation um, to help offset some of the other costs. And we do need donations. Costs. So Absolutely. How, if you've been blessed, be a blesser. That's the way we look at this whole thing. Right. We have a passion to bring this. We're inviting people to bring their gifts and their talents and their time, not a program, a way of life. That's it. I mean, it's, that's our lives. We're imperfect. We're incomplete and uh you know so we invite you as you look at that if you are moved to donate we have a recommended donation but honestly if you don't if you just want to come and leave that alone let the spirit speak to you or not about that join us in fact i will say one of the most moving things over the four years of our doing this um has been the emergence of certainly missioned individuals on fire individuals who love christ and have served uh, whether it be an ignite or spark or praying with fire presents for christmas a lot of a lot of different programs that we've been involved with and people who have truly touched us and blessed us. But um, we've increasingly recognized that we need to foster uh, missioned couples. 
Um, often it may be the, the, the husband who's really on fire and in it and the wife maybe not so or vice versa. And the beauty is God is reaching us all where we're at. Absolutely. But we recognize that we really needed to identify kind of a team of married couples who are really pursuing it together. Again, not there, not arrived, not perfect, but together saying we want to make our homes cultures of encounter. And not just for ourselves, you hear us speak of empty, fill, overflow, but desiring to support each other and evangelizing other families. I mean, how many families do you know right now are struggling. How many husbands are struggling, fill in the blank with whatever, or the wives. And, you know, when we are at their, their marriages or their weddings, if you will, we pledge to support them. We pledge to be involved in their lives, not just for that day. So this is sort of that idea that the church gives us as a community that we want to be outreach oriented. We want to be appropriately engaging in families that are struggling or just needing encouragement to uh, foster a dynamic family environment. And that's, I think, kind of the, the heart of impact, the family which images the Trinity, mutual self-giving love. Um, so anyways, 23 couples, and we know there are many more out of out there, uh, and if this appeals to you, by all means, email me. Hey, we're a couple, Greg, and uh, we're united in this, and we are, we are outreach-oriented. We want to evangelize. We want to reach to, as a couple other families. We want to encourage them. If that speaks to you, and you, you aren't already on my list in this way, if you're on a core mission couple is what we call you, send me an email. Alive at massimpact.us, alive at massimpact.us, and just say I want in. Um, but we have 23 couples, 46 people uh, who have been uh, invited, who've been discerned, who've said yes to this. So pray for them in a special way because they really are the core of this a mission hearted minded uh, couple and family in their parishes, serving their parishes, but united in a desire to really transform this region for Jesus Christ. Amen. So, Stephanie, um, back to my book, and uh, I am just so blessed by this. If you haven't gotten it already, um, Father Paul Scalia, that none may be lost, that nothing may be lost. Did I get it right? That nothing may be lost. That nothing may be lost. Yes. And uh, to set up a little bit of the uh, Sower in the Seed, which is this coming Sunday, I do have a pronounced singular challenge to me that spoke to me, and I want to share it with you. And in the back end, I'm going to invite you again to call in and share how you've been blessed this summer. And that number is 877 877- Two seven five eight zero nine eight eight seven seven two seven five eight zero nine eight. So, Stephanie, the paragraph. Little Lucette was inexplicably drawn to the man on the cross, inexplicably because she had no idea who he was or why he was crucified. Her parents had banished from her life any knowledge or reference to God. But a gift catalog had slipped through their defenses, and Lucette found in those pages a little crucifix. By an interior grace, she knew that he had died for others, for her. She secretly tore out the page and would often gaze devoutly and covertly at the man on the cross. Over the years, her devotion matured into love. She learned who the man on the cross was, and she gave herself to him in religious life, dying not too long ago as Mother Veronica of the Poor Clares. So I was very moved reading this story about little Lucette from an atheist slash agnostic, who knows, family that purged from their home environment all remnants of religion and faith. But they had a catalog, and she had a page in there that she found with a crucifix on it. Now, why did that speak to me in particular about this coming Sunday, the parable of the sower and the seeds? 
is because the seeds are always going to be potent, and there are many of them that are scattered. God is constantly scattering them. The Word of God. How many times have you, brothers and sisters, heard the Word of God in so many settings and contexts? And of course, the sower is Jesus Christ, is God himself, sowing that. He's a constant. His potency is constantly there. The big question is not how many times have we experienced the Word, how many times have we experienced so many different seeds. The big question is, what has it done for us? What has it done for us? Of all the seeds we've encountered at this conference or reading the scripture, which seeds have taken root and made a difference? Now, certainly, I know, if you're like me, some have. Relatively very few have taken root in my so- the soil of my soul. But th- this is the big question. Little Sister Lucette, little Lucette to become sister, um, it was just one simple seed of an image of a cross. She didn't have scripture or catechesis or these great events um, in her life. It was just one seed, but the difference-making thing was that it went deep. One simple, potent seed, the image of the cross, is all it took. It didn't take reading tons of books or a PhD or, again, you know, I'm repeating myself, but it took one simple seed that she allowed to take root in the soil of her soul that magnified powerfully in her life. So I'm reflecting on right now, honestly, I'm reflecting on the propensity that we may have, myself, hand in the air, of going from seed to seed, whether it's landing on the rocks and it's not shallow and the birds steal it. Boy, that was nice. It felt good. I heard that gospel passage the other day, but it's gone. Or maybe in the soil, but it, you know, it it doesn't go very deep. Or the weeds in my life, the sin, the inclinations, the habits that, that take it and squeeze the life out of it. I'm reflecting in my own life. What if I just really focused on one seed with heartfelt love, with a yearning for wholeness that I was designed for, for beyond words to know God who fashioned me for himself and to dwell in my very heart. What if I just reflected on one simple seed like that and allowed it to take over my life? Um, So this Sunday's gospel is from Matthew, and it's just interesting in the context of how the Lord used three different parables right in a row. So you have the sower and the seed, and then it's immediately followed by another parable about a seed where it's growing, it's taking roots, but all the weeds are growing up with it. And um, But just, again, the strength of that seed that falls on fertile soil and is allowed to grow, and then following that parable is the parable of the mustard seed. So us Ohioans now, right, the great farmlands around Mm. us, um, we can relate to this, uh, but what stuck out to me in, in looking through that chapter of Matthew with these three parables right in a row, just as you were saying, Greg, you know, that one seed, and my eyes fell upon the parable of the mustard seed then, which again fits in so beautifully, and it does, it just takes one seed, just one seed um, is all that is needed. And if we allow it to fall into place gently and easily and allow it to be there and rest in the soil of our soul, God will water it with his graces and nourish it. And we just need to be availed to ourselves to get rid of the other junk and the other bad soil, if you will, and just uh, allow fertile soil Uh, to welcome that seed that the Lord so desires to bring forth life. And, you know, it's good to be mindful of how we might be distracted from the soil and cultivating it. You know, what, what are our propensities as maybe committed Catholic Christians 
that will keep us from growing in depth, that will keep those seeds from taking root. And I have a short little story um, that illustrates it uh, in a similar example that reflects my own life, sorry to say. But I was at an Ignite and interacting with a number of the beautiful people who were at Ignite afterwards, the afterglow we call it, and uh, just kind of joyfully listening to some older women talk about um, the blessing they were having in their book study. They had a book study, and one of the women was commenting how they had just gone through this book, Sherry Waddell's Forming Intentional Disciples, and talking a little bit about it. And, uh, you know, she said almost in the very next sentence, and we're looking for a new book to to read. And I, in my spirit, I want to say, wait, stop, tilt. There's so much richness in Sherry Waddell's Forming Intentional Disciples. You know, which of that in the book is moving us to maybe help our parish become that kind of parish, our homes to become that kind of home? You know, I, I read that book, and honestly, uh, you know, I, it took me like three pages. I can only go like a page or two or three, and I wanted to absorb that. I almost felt, and increasingly in life, I find myself, I don't know, shamed in a good way that I'm on page 30 when I haven't really practiced page one, analogously speaking. And um, that's one of the challenges, I think, for many of us Catholic Christians is we have these moments of attentiveness. Our souls are moved by what we read or by the homily that we hear or by, if you will, the retreat. But again, it's a reminder, I think, to all of us of, you know, what word are we cultivating? What word are we sort of nurturing and nourishing and just reflecting on and letting become vibrant? Um, If we think about the liturgy of the word and right before the gospel is proclaimed as we're standing there, what do we do before the priest proclaims that gospel? We make the sign of the cross on our forehead, our minds, on our lips, and on our heart, you know, that area. Um, And we pray that the Lord may be in our thoughts, on our lips, and in our hearts Mm. as we hear the Word of God. So whether we are paying attention or not to that, we're at least doing the exterior motions. But I challenge and encourage all of us each time we're at Mass, in particular this Sunday as we're speaking about you know, the seed of, in the word and the soil that we really take to heart what we're doing. Like, are we really, do we mean that prayer? Lord, help me to be focused. Lord, let me to absor- absorb your word. Let me to absorb all that you want me to have right now. And may I proclaim it on my lips, right? And just to be, you know, deeply seated in our hearts and deeply seated in our minds. And I think we um, don't go there enough where we're really praying and genuinely meaning it to open ourselves up to what the Lord desires to give us through his word. He is present there. You know, we as Catholics are so blessed. We have the true presence in the Eucharist, but we also can lose sight that he is also very present in a different way, of course, in the word, but just as real, right? And so to allow him, Christ, who is our Lord and Savior and God of the universe, that he transforms and changes and you know, just desires, he desires to be with us way more than we Mm -hmm. can desire to be with him. Mm -hmm. And if we just open up that, you know, that little hole in the soil, if you will, to stay with the analogy, what he can do, again, the one mustard seed. We can Mm -hmm. have all these things, lots and lots and lots of stuff. Religious things, faithful things, good things. Right, good things that he uses, right? The, you know, the talks, the books, the conferences, the ignites, the whatever group is going on. I'm getting a little excited here. I just dropped my water bottle. Um, (laughs) 
that, you know, and those are, again, all good things that he uses, but all it takes is that one sincere openness to receive that seed. And let's keep it real here over the air that there are many other things that compete for our affection all the time. Mm -hmm. So say you have a little span of time uh, in your day, in your life. What's the first inclination for many people? They're grabbing for this square little thing in their pocket or whatever to check something, to check their Facebook rectangle or whatever. We're checking these things because we are aware of sort of an absence, right? We're we're having yearning for an intimacy, for a kind of connection. That that same fundamental uh, part of us is, is there, but we're distracted by other things that promise to fill that yearning, that promise to fill that that space. And um, you know, I know that's a challenge. Uh, and when we get home, maybe at the end of the day, um, we feel we've worked hard. Uh, maybe it's tuning into entertainment if we're not into other activities, which is all good. And oh, by the way, God can be in all this stuff. Totally got that. But when do we take time, truly, to set aside the easy things, the things that we can just be passive spectators in and, and really open the Word of God? And really allow him to speak to us. Jump, I'm going to put you on the spot here a second because I know uh, a very powerful thing, we'll talk more about CYSC, but a very powerful part of CYSC of many of the participants from Toledo was this invitation to really seek the Word of God and to, um, I don't know, be attuned to how God speaks to us and moving in us. How did you see that play out with teenagers, both in the realm of the challenge of that and then maybe how you saw you guys carried it over to a lit group on Friday or Saturday? How did that play out with you? So, if I understand the question correctly... <laughs> you could run with it how you would like to, John Paul. Are you, are you talking about reading Scripture? Well, reading Scripture, but also the sense of having a, a word of knowledge and being attuned to, like, what is God speaking? Like, when we were at the closing Mass, okay. people came up and they had literally words on their hands. Like, simple, singular words. One dude had three. But my point is, <laughs> the idea was that it seemed to me there was a strong emphasis on what we're talking about, that be open to God speaking to you and nurture, if you will, the word within you. Yeah. Um, well, first I just want to say, um, see why I see there are just words of knowledge being thrown out everywhere. And what it is insane. that? A word of knowledge is basically the Holy Spirit speaking to someone about either something going on in their lives, but in particular something going on in the life of someone around you. Mm. Um so, for example, there were people who were being prayed over and just people knew things about their past and just like calling it out and bringing it to the light and praying over them for that. Um, but bring those up and they would have had no idea about it. Um, Supernatural. Yes. So, gift of God. Um, yeah, just incredible things like that were going on all week. Um, and Let me pause you on that. Found, yeah. uh, how was that set up? How was that? Was there was there teaching on that? Was there? Uh, I don't know. How were you encouraged? I know that there were particularly mature mm-hmm. campers, if you will, there that week. A number from our community here in Toledo that are used to doing that, Slater right? House yeah. or whatever. But was there leadership that set the stage for that? Um, kind of. I think it depended a bit upon the group, um, and the group leader, and the way that he kind of brought it up because some groups were just like incredibly open and others were like kind of a bit more cautious about it um to being opened up in that fashion but um on thursday night when we all prayed over each other uh dan demite gave a killer talk 
and was just spitting fire up on stage. Those are both and, good things, um, listening yes. audience <laughs> um, and um And just, like, opened it up just to the power of the Spirit and, like, all that the Spirit wants to work in our lives and the freedom um, that comes by following Jesus Christ. And so I wouldn't say he ever mentioned words of knowledge or things like that. He did mention being slain in the spirit, which is where um, there is someone will just feel like uh, the spirit so powerfully that their their body just kind of gives in and they may uh, fall. And so don't worry, there are people catching them. Um, and so, I mean, he did like mention that, but just the power of the spirit and like, um, and how much how, how present the spirit is and how powerful he is. Um, so I'm just going to interrupt, and I know we're always affirming and giving shout-outs to CYSC, mm-hmm. because Catholic Youth Summer Camp, because it is Ruma. a phenomenal gift um, to the church, to this area in particular. So this is a week-long summer camp. They have middle school weeks and high school weeks, and they don't lower the bar. Nope. They don't lower the bar. They know what... It means to be a disciple. They know what it means to be Catholic. They know what it means to invite somebody into a relationship with Christ. They know what it means to take it seriously, this call to go out. You know, one of our guests a few weeks ago, uh, Charles Allen, said the church is so good with gathering, but not so good at going, you know. and Mm -hmm. Amen. And, you know, CYSC gives great witness to, again, keeping that bar high. And too often, as we've talked about before, in particular with the youth, we just don't expect much, you know. Mm. And it's, yes, meet them where they're at, but show them where the Lord desires them to go. be. Yeah. And so it's certainly mixed with a lot of, as you guys have heard many times, the high adventure stuff, you know, the high ropes, the jet skis, the paintball, the this, that, and the other thing. But it all has meaning that draws them deeper each day into a faith element. And um, each year is a different theme, all very beautiful, all very Catholic. Do you remember the motto for this this year's um, camp? Ex morte in vitam. So which means from death, death into life. Yes. So the Paschal mystery. And again, as Catholics, how blessed we are to live that out and experience it through every Mass, which is awesome. So as John Paul's talking about this stuff, th- these aren't just a bunch of quote-unquote holier-than-thou, Jesus-freak kind of people, but you, you have the whole gamut of people, young people in you know solid, on-fire Catholic homes to perhaps... The exact opposite and everything in between. Exactly, exactly. And each of them, they don't, you know, custom design the week differently for different groups. It's the same. It's the truth proclaimed boldly and with great joy and knowing that there is an urgency, especially with young people. The culture is preaching to them and evangelizing at them every other moment of the day. And praise God that CYSC is one of many, mm. not, not too many, but I, I say, you know, one of the brightest uh, 
people, groups, organizations that have just risen. And, and we are so blessed to be yes. partnering with them because, number one, they're two, two hours, a little over two hours away from us, and they're, they're all about uh, living it out. They're all about this being beyond a program, and their team is committed to fostering living it out among young adults, and that's the cool thing. Stephanie and I can speak it and lead praise and worship and talk about all these things and create contexts, but there's something powerful when your kids go into a context and experience that from someone else besides mom and dad mm-hmm. uh, that makes that, you know, it reinforces it, it echoes it, it demonstrates this isn't just some a personality, it's not just that charismatic person, right. it's not a style, it's not a, I say, adjectival Catholic, it's not a such and such Catholic, this is what it means to be Catholic. If we read scripture, right. if we read the catechism, the only question is, do you want the fullness of what God desires for you? That's mm-hmm. the only question that, that merits our consideration. Do you want all God desires for you? Not does it make sense? Are you comfortable with it? Are you interested in it? It's do you desire it? And like the Blessed Virgin Mary presented with the angel Gabriel, a lot of unanswered questions there that she must have had. You know, and I know she's a Blessed Virgin Mother, Mary, but this defines the faith of the saints throughout the ages. The first question is, God, what do you desire for me? Whether it makes sense, whether I want to do it, whether I'm comfortable. And let me not limit it to my comfort zone. Let me not limit it to 15 degrees of my 360 degree human existence. I mean, what do you want with my home? What do you want with my marriage? What do you want with my talents and gifts? I mean, everything. And uh, the the reality is, and this is what I just really love about them also, is, you know, we're, we're, we're sinners, without which we need a, wouldn't need a Savior. And uh, by our acknowledging that and professing that, any good that comes out of us gives all glory to God. So it is precisely, and the, the world doesn't like to talk about weakness. Uh, in the world's eyes, weakness is something to be avoided, hidden, ameliorated. I mean, we had the, the tragic examples of, of increasing uh, youth, euthanasia, certainly abortion. If life's not good enough, we kill. Um, just tr- tremendously tragic examples of a denial of the gift of imperfection and suffering. But the cross shows us that this is the means of blessedness. Mm-hmm. Blessedness comes by way of brokenness. And um, so I want to kind of just make, make the point that with Dan, who beautifully kind of, you know, showcases a lot of what we do mm-hmm. at the end by saying, you know, we, we can't do it all here in this week. He speaks to parents. Right, he's talking to this, And he's saying parents. to the parents, hey, you know, the greatest fear that these kids have isn't their jet skiing or the high ropes courses and all of those sorts of things. Their greatest fear is that they've encountered something true, authentic, their truest self, their greatest fears are going back to a place where it will not be nurtured, mm-hmm. back to the soil. They're not going back to a soil where mom and dad are opening up the door to talk about this. And I get kind of teary thinking about Catherine. It was her first year, Catherine, 15, 14, 15. Almost 15, her first year at high school. Yes, Um, who's experienced a lot of these through praying with fire and whatever, but she was singing the praises of so many of her peers who have not experienced this before, but who took with the Holy Spirit and gave exemplary witness to God's power by word of knowledge. One young woman in particular who we were blessed to see at our home almost every week, uh, it was her first experience there, and Catherine was talking about this young woman, and she said she was just amazing how she was speaking word of knowledge to so many people and touching so many lives, and she had never done that before. And again, I just have to reiterate, this is meant to be more than just a moment, meant to be more than a fleeting event that took place there. That same Holy Spirit that was at Catholic Youth Summer Camp is, I'll even say, all the more vital in your home. 
which is meant to be a, an ecclesia domestic, a domestic church, where husband and wife are meant to image the Trinity and make this kind of soil vibrant and rich. So, um, John Paul, share a little bit, you know, when we came back oh, Friday. Yeah, we interrupted you, sorry. We did. But 20, <laughs> no, the next day, um, you had a lit group. Joseph usually is sort of the, the top dog leader. I'm going to pause you because I'm in the interrupting mode. Um, did you want to say anything else about your experience prior to your lit uh, group experience at um, CYSC. We kind of cut you short with that no, one. That's good. Um, yeah, just again, God is present and God is powerful. Um, and All the time. All the time, man. Um, and just like, I don't know, the amount of like, he just, when he gives himself, he doesn't hold back and he gives everything. Mm. And at CYSC it was just incredible. Um, the amount that he just gave himself fully um mm. and like in my own life just being prayed over a couple of times and praying over others and as well as just watching um something the coolest one of the coolest things about cyc is the people that you're around and just journeying to christ with them because god gave us a community for a reason mm-hmm. um and that's to lead us into deeper communion with himself and um so just like being in a community, we're all striving for holiness and not um, watered down holiness, but a holiness that's going to be challenging. Um, and that was just incredible. But yeah, um, coming back from CYSC, uh, we typically have our lit group, our high school lit group um, on Saturdays. And there was the potential that we weren't going to have it just because of planning purposes. And I just felt um, in my heart that the Lord still wanted to, um, have one. And so praying about a theme, praying about kind of what to do. And the only words that I got from the Lord in that, in that case was just that he's going to lead. Um, Mm. and so kind of just waiting for him to reveal what exactly he wants done. Um, hours are counting down to when it starts. I knew it would be a smaller group than usual. Um, and but I was just like, you know what? If it's just me in the basement, I'm going to be <laughs> praising God. Um, and so hours are counting down, and I'm like surprisingly not freaking out about like I have no idea what's going to happen when people start coming, and I like nothing is planned. But like I just heard the Lord just say, "Trust me, trust mm-hmm. me, trust me." Um, and so uh people arrive and still have no idea what exactly uh we're gonna do so kind of just do the typical uh fun introductory games um then like eat and uh then it's time for like the night to actually start still didn't know exactly what was up except like that the spirit was going to lead and i just had that conviction and so went down to the basement and um and i just like it was right there that I just felt the Lord just telling me to just to bring just it. talk. Yeah, just just to bring it. Um and had no idea what exactly um he wanted me to talk about, but just like what was placed on my heart in that moment was that um was just how powerful the spirit is and how powerful um just like everything about our faith is and I just felt that the Lord wanted me to be bold and proclaim that goodness and so uh, I kind of gave a testimony about uh, something that happened to me at CYC where on Tuesday night um, 
where was that Tuesday nights typically like the um, lay down your burdens, give yourself to Jesus type of night, and so um, so that night they also had an opportunity to be prayed over, and so um, yeah, I went to be prayed over and. A guy named Will prayed over me, and it was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in my life. And it was one of those things where I've always heard that we have a hole in our hearts that only God can fill. Mm-hmm. And as I was being prayed over, I felt that there was, like, a hole where my heart is. And, like, the heart is, I mean, really is a pretty small organ. and But, like, this hole felt ginormous. Mm-hmm. But, like, it felt where my heart was. And so... Um, then as Will was praying over me, I just felt like a sort of tingling sensation, um, come from where his hand was laying on my shoulder and felt it travel down into that heart. But like, as it was traveling, I felt like it was the wings of a dove just like flapping and flying into my heart. And once it reached my heart, just like, I felt so filled, um, and like just praising God and like my, I just felt full of the Lord's presence and just like crying out with joy to the Lord. And so was talking about that, talking about how present and powerful the spirit was. And then also I felt on my heart. So, um, a theme during, uh, CYC was just the story of Lazarus. Um, and something that strikes me in the story of Lazarus is that, uh, in it, when Jesus asks, where have they laid him? They reply, sir, come and see. And, um, and, uh, I forget if it's Mary or Martha, but they basically say like, there's going to be a stench. He's been laying dead for four days. Uh, but Jesus still comes. So like two things is so often we're caught up in like us going, uh, cause like Jesus invites us to come and see, like we hear that when he calls his disciples, but rarely do we, ask the Lord to come and see, come into our junk. Um, Mm. and so into our stench, uh, yeah, into, into our stench. And so I was talking about that and, um, just also just whatever words like the spirit was giving me at that time. And then I also felt, uh, led to ask others what the spirit was placing on their hearts. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it was crazy because everyone that was there, even people that were kind of like, um, a bit cautious and a bit like what the heck is going on um they they opened up like what what was on their hearts they just weren't at cysc yeah Yeah. um and they just entered in and so uh earlier that day i was talking to my brother joseph who is on counselor staff at cysc and um and he was i know what a guy um and so i um we were talking and, and he kind of led me through a spiritual exercise where basically upon the theme of like when Jesus says, like my sheep hear my voice. And so often we're childish in our faith, um, where we will think that God doesn't hear our prayers. And so, um, but Jesus like says, my sheep hear my voice. And what Jesus says is going to happen. Um, he is a good God. And so, uh, basically just leading people through different questions such as um just like lord what do you think of me right now um and whatever the first undistracted thought um that comes to mind you just claim it as the lord's and just proclaim it boldly and so um just like the amount of 
pride that the Lord has in his children is incredible, um, mm-hmm. how much he loves us. And so, like, got a lot of that and then, like, just continued asking similar questions uh, that were put on my heart. And um, and so um, I also talked about because some people were, like, just, like, just weren't getting anything. And I felt the Spirit just put on my heart a challenge for us all. And that's because the the theme is my sheep hear my voice and so um kind of challenged people and it was a challenge to myself as well but just like we may not hear um the voice of the lord because we're not living as his sheep and so um just claiming uh and renouncing different ways we're not living as his sheep and um and then uh felt called to play a song called pieces by bethel um, and in that song, it's you don't give your heart in pieces and you don't hide yourself to tease us. And so um, so, so often we will kind of feel like the Lord is hiding, but in reality, it's ourselves that placed ourselves mm-hmm. like under a box um, and we're the ones hiding. And the first words that God said to Adam and Eve after they sinned was, where are you? And so um, did another spiritual exercise of, uh, entered into a time of prayer, asked, we would just like ask the Lord, like, where am I? Um, and claiming the Lord's voice. And so then the Lord led me to second Maccabees chapter 10, uh, which is the purification of the temple. And, um, what it is, is the army, um, of the Maccabees, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. they, uh, take back the temple and they renew it. And so they destroy the temple of the foreigners and they build back the temple of their God. Mm-hmm. And so entered into a time of prayer of destroying the temple of the enemy and restoring the temple of the spirit. And so um, just prayed just over. Um, and again, there were just words of knowledge that were going on and um, people just entering in. And it was one of the most powerful um nights of my life just watching people enter in and like just the spirit's presence and um people renouncing and not only renouncing but just entirely destroying the temples of the enemy and then building up the temples of the spirit with love with trust with hope just whatever we felt that person needed um we just claimed in the name of jesus christ and so just throughout it like the lord is just putting songs on my heart um and so played some of those songs and uh just like praise the lord continued praying over people and then um one of my close friends um uh stepped forward and uh he's just an incredible guy um and <laughs> when when we went through the questions like where am i um like the Lord put on his heart on the verge of breakthrough. And Mm. so I felt called to play a song called Fullness by Elevation Worship. And in it says, uh, dreams awaken in this moment. And uh, I just felt like that that just totally applied um, to him. And I just felt like the Lord was just uh, pushing me to just pray for a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so um, that was the first time I just like, question God a bit um, during the night Um, and then I heard the voice of God just saying like um, 
just trust, just trust, just trust. Um, and so just dove right in and um, he was baptized in the spirit in a new and powerful way. And just all glory be to the Lord, all glory Amen. be to God. And uh, again, just a super powerful night. And afterwards, um, just like pro- everyone just proclaiming the goodness of the Lord. Mm. And um, God put on my heart um, the vision of dry bones found in Ezekiel 37. Mm-hmm. And because I just felt like in that room, we were literally like a fire. Like there's just a fire going on. Um, and uh, and so the vision of dry bones came to mind. And what happens to dry things when they're surrounded by like heat, surrounded by fire, is they'll like just light up. They're perfect fuel. And so we have that fire. So just proclaiming that we have that fire. And um, and to go out, like don't just leave this here. Like go out. I want like little mini fires like catching. And when all of these mini fires come together, like I don't want the earth to just like be sparked with the spirit i want the earth to be blown up with the spirit um and that's what the lord wants and so um so then at cyc which um we did at lit was uh at cyc we went through uh renouncing the devil and all of his empty promises and then turning to god and what the old what well what the early church did was they would face the west and renounce satan and when they renounced satan then they turned to the east and just that's like awesome. claim the lord and so we did that like we we pulled out a compass faced the west <laughs> um renounced satan um and all of his trash and then turned to the lord and just like claimed him and um and then we just played like my lighthouse because like the lord is our lighthouse um and he calls us to be lighthouses and not only that but it's like a helicopter if a helicopter is um whatever blades or whatever if they're spinning super fast and we look up at it it just looks like one just big blade and that's the thing is our lighthouses need to spin incredibly fast where it's not just shining light into one area in someone's life or one area in society it's shining light all around Mm -hmm. and so i'm just claiming that and just praising the lord and so um it was a very um powerful moment again just for me and uh trusting in the lord and knowing that while god wants us to plan things he he also is going to give us the words um and give us the program and uh the spirit dwells both in ritual but also dwells outside of it and so yeah very powerful time and um just praise praising god so, folks, uh, just so awesome. blessed Thank by you, you John, John Paul, Paul, and proud of you, of course, as your dad. But as you guys get older, just blessed in our family that we're evangelized by our children. And we have a context in our home of encouraging each other in faith, like a built-in mission community. And um, so I didn't know how long you'd go, Jape, when I asked you that question. And uh, I'm very blessed Sorry. because, I no, no, I think I awesome. think you gave illustration to um, Jesus' words to the woman at the well. There's a time coming and a time now. We will not worship in this place or that place, but uh, worship the spirit in, in spirit and truth that um, streams of living water will flow from us. And that's what I experienced in, in addition to your powerful testimony and words of young people 
taking God at his word, mm-hmm. just it was something that you, you bubbled up and, 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 if you will, flowed over, or overflowed. And for you to share that in the last however long you've been sharing, um, to me, was very moving because that, that's a mark of the Holy Spirit. You know, if you're talking about that great experience, uh, if you were at the World Series or, uh, or some other great event, we could talk forever maybe about these things, a birth of a child. We pray for Ron's granddaughter, by the way, uh, to be born soon. Pray for them. But no, these ex- exceptional moments of our lives where we have so much to say, this is what God desires of us, to share in the fellowship of his spirit, of his works, and his wonders. And uh, we have a little bit of time left here um, as, as we kind of wrap up this Ignite Radio Live episode. Again, tune in with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, 8 o'clock on Tuesday nights and uh, Encore on Saturday at 2 p.m. And we usually don't get a chance to really go through um, the intentions. But on my Facebook page, if you want to go there now, maybe a few posts down. But I said, what can we lift in prayer right now? What thanks should we give for prayers answered? And we're going to just lift some of those up right now in prayer because the Spirit's moving. And I invite you to join us. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you have us here right now for a reason. We're listening for a reason. You want to make us mindful of your great love for us, that you fashioned us for yourself, for your indwelling spirit, that, Lord, whatever struggling or suffering we may be going through right now are your very hands molding us for greater intimacy with you. We give you permission, God. We give you permission to mold us all the more for you and to be occasions of your encouragement, love, and support molding hands to those around us. Lord, right now, we can think of people in our lives, a spouse, a child, a brother, a sister, who needs to know your love. Maybe a word of knowledge, Lord, you're impressing upon us that it's not meant just to be thought, but spoken or texted. Who is that person now that you put in our heart and our mind that we're meant to act upon to share a thought of encouragement or support? Lord, we just pray that uh, this call to action of your heart uniting us all in prayer might reverberate throughout our listening audience right now, God, and make a difference in somebody's life. That a, a day, a week, maybe a year from now, they'll say, I was going through this and somebody sent me a note, somebody called me. Lord, may, may we be that person united with you in your mission of transforming hearts and minds. And so, Lord, we do lift up specifically these intentions posted. I lift up Chris, who uh, asks for a special intention. I lift up Luz, who asks for prayers for all five kids with a please and four exclamation points. So whatever that means. And a heart. And a heart. We do lift up whatever those needs are, Lord, for their family. We join Elizabeth's prayer, Lord, giving thanks to you, um, that two people came to mow her five-acre ranch mm, for her. Beautiful. And uh, the intention, Lord, that you will help her in all the struggles that she's having with her renter and to send a new one. Mm-hmm. For James, who is dealing with continued health issues, Lord, whatever those may be, that if it be your will, that he be healed and if it is not, Lord, that you just sustain him with your grace and knowledge of your presence and love. We lift up Natalie, who asks for prayers for her son, Timmy, as she describes as experiencing intense scruples. He will be seeing a Catholic therapist on Thursday, and hopefully this can help. So we lift up, Lord, uh, beautiful, the young lad, Timmy, that uh, you know him so well and love him so well that you <clears throat> deliver him from any whispers of the enemy, any lies. 
we join our dear friend Monica um, lifting up the intention of her cousin, a young mother who has four children, who was recently diagnosed with an inoperable tumor in her liver, um, who does not have long to live, Lord. We ask for strength as they face this unimaginable cross, but we know that you are a faithful God. We join Peggy in thanksgiving for a friend's tumor that has shrunk. We do thank you, God, and, and praise you for the work that you're already doing. We acknowledge it. Help us not to simply uh, seek your grace, Lord God, but to give you thanks when you do answer, which you do answer in so many ways. So in this particular way, we thank you for this uh, this work of your um, your hand of seeing us tumor shrink. And all else, Lord, right now, who are experiencing any kind of victory of healing, we lift up thanks and praise with them. We join Aaron's prayer, Lord of thanksgiving for friends of hers whose marriage has been healed. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Yes. We praise you awesome. for that great gift. And uh, also prayers that the sale of their home goes through, um, that that all goes according to your will. We lift up Teresa and pray for her daughter, Katiri. And we lift up Kathy's intention for a husband of a friend who committed suicide mm. today. Lord, you know this has been going around depression and despair in the hearts and minds of your children. We just renounce the work of the enemy right now. Anybody who is hearing these whispers, these lies, Lord God, we just renounce them in the name of Jesus Christ. And just pray for a reawakening of your great love for them, whatever circumstances they're dealing with. And that, Lord, that you'd make us answers to your prayer and be those arms of love. For Maureen's prayer, uh, those at Catholic Heart Work Camp, especially those in Oil City, PA, and for Vivian's intention for the health of her family and of herself. We lift up Jennifer's intention and thanksgiving for assistance in a Catholic school year and uh, special intention. We lift up Eileen, uh, who simply asks for prayers for herself, whatever those needs are. We lift up Patty's intention for Miranda and her unborn baby's life. Mm -hmm. Please, Lord, we lift up whatever that physical need is, Lord. For Pam's intention, which we all join most heartily for our Holy Father, mm. for Teresa's special intention, um, and for Jennifer's, who is giving thanks to you, Lord, for blessing them with food and praying for all people who struggle with hunger. For Jennifer, who asks for prayers for their car situation, and we pray that you do attend to those needs. And Lori, giving thanks for a special intention. And the new Bishop of Cleveland, uh, Bishop Nelson Perez, who has our prayers and thoughts. For Cindy, Jean, Kathleen, Ava, and Candy, and all others, Lord, who are joined with prayer with us right now over the air and uh, in Facebook and any other means, unite us more deeply, Lord, in our awareness of you that you are a loving God, that you're a powerful God, that you want to work powerfully. We desire, Lord, that you uh, make us aware of your formidability, your potency, that the soil of our souls would receive you and cultivate you all the more. In your holy name we pray, through Christ our Lord. Amen. what is true.